Hello everybody, my name is Lat Mackey and this is a bonus episode of Sequence Break. We're gonna take a deep dive. We are gonna go where no one, I guess some people have gone before, but we're gonna be talking about Street Fighter the movie. The 1994 classic written and directed by Steven DeSouza. And here to join me from the Drinks in a Movie podcast, I am joined by my good friend of many years, uh, Rudy Rees. Rudy, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you. So for those of you who are wondering, um, I have guested on Rudy's Drinks and a Movie podcast uh, a few different times. Him and I both share an affinity for film, and Rudy is a cinematographer himself. Uh, he he is, I, I got to say, your whole life is, I, I noticed, you, you do, a lot of your life revolves around movies and film and that kind of stuff. Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Um, I, you know, it, it, he's fortunate that he, we actually do live in the same area, but I figured with quarantine and everything like that, we could just kind of play it safe a little bit. I don't know. Who, who knows? <laughs> so, um, before we get started, Rudy, what have you been watching recently? I know we've been on quarantine, so I'm sure you've had some time. Um, Dang, what have I been watching recently? I don't know why I'm forgetting right now. I just started Mindhunter um, in the middle of season two. Nice. Talk about Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, I watched Jurassic Park for the first time in years. Um, I watched Reservoir Dogs. Haven't seen that in a long time. And uh, I'm about to jump back on some like martial arts movies I haven't watched in a while and samurai stuff. I'm actually going to do a podcast episode on Lady Snowblood soon. We're going to do one on Shaolin vs. Wu-Tang, stuff like that. So that's on the slate. Oh, I watched Dr. Sleep last night, too. Oh, nice. Very cool. So that's yeah. the one thing I love about your podcast. You cover this whole gamut, classics to more, more recent classics to modern. I mean, you cover basically any movie. It doesn't seem yeah. there's like a, there's any there's you're not yeah, limiting yourself. Yeah, I'm trying to do uh, as much as I can. That's really awesome. I, I want to. So I'm going to be uh, beveraging it up during uh, this uh, podcast episode um, in, in, in honor of Rudy's podcast. Uh, the way that this whole thing works, <laughs> Rudy uh, takes a deep dive into a beverage. Uh, Rudy uh, has quite an affinity and quite a, a collection of bourbons, whiskeys, everything you can kind of imagine. And so usually the podcast starts off with talking about a beverage and uh, then we dive into the movie. And in honor of that, uh, this evening, I'm going to be uh, pro- drinking a properly chilled 80 five beer in honor of your podcast right on classic <laughs> as of uh, as of going live and as of recording this 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 podcast uh, episode uh, the most recent uh, episode we did was the road warrior and i know you just released it and yeah awesome movie if you're at, at all into the mad max stuff uh, and we kind of took a deep dive into that flick as well yes Good episode. <laughs> Thanks, man. I can't wait to listen to it. I actually haven't bothered yet, so this is cool. Um, so let's uh, let's get into it a little bit. And uh, as as many of you may or may not know, Street Fighter is an actual movie from the '90s. And um, Rudy, I recently rewatched it. I asked him to rewatch it from last night. I rewatched it uh, a little bit earlier today, actually, of all things. And wow, is this a flick, um, Rudy? Let me fr- <laughs> let me first start. What are your kind of initial impressions? Did you ever see? Did, well, first, did you see this movie I, when it first came out? I I did see it when it first came out. Um, yeah, and I remember it being entertaining at the time. I laughed at some of the stupid jokes and all that. Um, never was a fan of the whole Blanca thing. I think that was terribly done. <laughs> and I still feel that way. Uh, so he looks so awful and it just doesn't make sense. It's so dumb. <laughs> um, and yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, as I was watching this flick again, first of all, I did see it when it came out. And at the time I was 12 years old. So like it obviously hit, uh, you know, a kid who I was just becoming a teenager. I was into these kind of games. Like, obviously I thought this was like probably one of the cooler things that I had ever seen. But it's interesting because you and I on your podcast talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And it seemed mm-hmm. like both you and I really enjoyed that flick, you know, and that was yeah. that came out before this one did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it just when I the, when I finally got done watching this movie, I kind of had the feeling like, man, like Turtle seems like the kind of thing, you, like the way you could have done this uh, much better, or, or you know, with with a really enjoyable film. And this one was just, it was it was it was kind of rough to get through. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird that they made it so. I mean, I get it's a Street Fighter movie, sure, the game, uh, but. Uh, they made it just too cheesy and over the top, like even for that time, you know, especially when you have a movie like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which is only a few years prior to this. It's, um, I don't know, kind of weird to me. And even, I, you know, I learned that the director, Steven DeSouza, Souza, 
So he was a right. He wrote Die Hard, or was one of the writers. Right, right, exactly. Like the Running Man, Commando, and I know like those are kind of cheesy movies too, maybe. But like the guy wrote Die Hard. Oh yeah, Die Hard's <laughs> amazing. The the Beverly Hills Cops movies and like some other ones. And I'm just looking up the cinematographer right now. <laughs> and this dude shot Rosemary's Baby. Jeez, <laughs> with, with Steve McQueen. Yeah. What are like? Uh, what else, man? Like a bunch of just le- legit movies, and it's like, man, how did you uh, work your way to doing uh, uh, whatever we're talking about? Yeah, you shot Tombstone too. I'm like, just yeah, Tombstone in '93, and then the next year, Street Fighter. <laughs> it's not that the cinematography in this movie is bad. I mean, it's it's what mm-hmm. it is, but it's just funny that two people. Um, and the crew and like the director and writer kind of didn't make a better movie. I <laughs> it is. It, it's interesting. And if you, you know, thanks to Wikipedia, I went kind of down the rabbit hole and started reading different articles. And it, it sounds like rightfully so Capcom, the creators of the Street Fighter franchise of video games, had a pretty had, had a lot of control over what ends up on the screen. So that is obviously not surprising, I think, when you see the end result and what we got. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that, you know, I was reading that too, and to me, that's kind of ironic because I didn't grow up with the Street Fighter games. I grew up with Mortal Kombat. I think I was in, like, I was probably, like, 19 or 20 when I started playing Street Fighter 2, honestly, on, like, Super Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Then, like, I think Street Fighter 4 for, like, Xbox 360 came out at that time, and I was I was a serial killer in that game, man. I got... <laughs> um, but... Like it's funny because Capcom had so much involvement, yet they messed up so many, I guess, story elements. Like, I, I like I, I feel Ken and Ryu could have been done better. Like, so got like just some of these characters were not as well flushed out as they should have been, considering the creators of the game played a big role in making the movie. Well, I, th- I think it's kind of tough to uh, ignore comparing this movie to Mortal Kombat because I-, I think like yourself, I was more of a Mortal Kombat fan than I was a Street Fighter fan. But I enjoyed the Street Fighter stuff, especially Street Fighter 2, because it was out like on yeah. every single console of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And-, and Mortal Kombat was uh, so fun. In fact, I think we might record a Mortal Kombat episode here as well, because the, the- that movie is once again, it's it's and it- it's really enjoyable. It's entertaining. It's- it doesn't, you know, it's I guess. that OK, so. So let's get into it a little bit because there are, are some some of my issues with this movie because <laughs> there are some some good things about this movie and we'll get to them. But but like mm. one of the things I noticed off the bat is like no none of the characters ever say more than like five words in any of their lines of dialogue. And it's all cliched, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Super cliche, man. Uh, um, go good. Yeah. No, good. No, no. That, yeah, that was I was just agreeing. I don't have anything to add. Basically, every line that comes out of Van Damme's mouth seems like it's some uh, uh, other, uh, some cliche from the 80s and 90s uh, action film genre of some sort. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And that, that just reminded me of this moment in the beginning of the movie where uh, he's being interviewed on the news and Bison is watching the news on his rack of TV. <laughs> yes. And somehow they're like communicating to each other through, they're like talking to each other, right? Yeah. Or maybe me. And Guile is like talking shit and at one point like flexes his bicep really hard in front of the camera, like take that, like in that kind of fashion. Right. Oh my goodness. It's you so know stupid. I read that apparently he was really deep in the cocaine when they were making this movie. Like he was apparently a mess and like slowed down the production quite a bit. <laughs> which is I, I had no idea that he had a cocaine addiction, but Yeah, I had no I, idea either. That's kinda of crazy. Yeah. So I mean, nineties, I guess. Sounds about right. Why not? Uh, Evan in the chat says, uh, no matter how bad Street Fighter the movie is, it's still better than The Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> Did you ever see that one? It, that, I, I never saw that one because just the trailers looked bad. And that's what's so funny is I have heard from numerous people that it is a worse movie. <laughs> but we should we, we should find that movie and talk about that one. I think it'll be fun because I haven't seen it. And the fact that they somehow went out to make a series of Street Fighter origin movies in 2009 and made it worse. <laughs> right? yeah. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Gino says, we don't talk about the legend of Chud Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. I'm pretty sure you can't find like a DVD of that anywhere. Like that's, 
they probably do not make those anymore. Well, it, it's interesting. So, I mean, you probably know this, but I mean, like Street Fighter in its theatrical run made its made money. It was profitable and then had a yeah. really good life on home video, DVD, all that kind of stuff. Like it made even more money in the secondary yeah. market, which is and not surprisingly. It's silly and it's, it's you know, it's, it's a recognized franchise type of thing. Right, right. But I, I, there are some, you know, the, 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 the setup for the story is kind of interesting because the whole premise of the games, as many, all of us know, as all of us have played a Street Fighter game or are aware of the franchise, is, you know, whoever character you, whatever character you choose to start the game with, you go on and you fly around the world in this like competition, <laughs> this tournament to Street Fighter, yeah. you know? And that almost basically, it only exists like in the first five minutes of the, of the movie. The rest of it is yeah. like, throws it out the window after that, you know? The, the other funny thing about that too is you know, and what I realized, I didn't realize this when I saw it uh, as a kid, but there's not a whole lot of fighting in this movie, man. No, <laughs> like, I feel like it's no one fights until the last scene, pretty much, or the the third act, the climax, whatever. Because even like you're talking about, the, like the traveling, and they get Ryu and Vega in the ring. Yeah, and Vega looks pretty cool. Yeah. He's pretty consistent with the game. Vega like, looks badass. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he looks dope, and he's in the ring with Ryu, and like right where they're like building it up in a scene that takes forever, <laughs> and right when they're about to go to blows, a truck or the tank like smashes through, and Guile is like, "You're all under arrest," or whatever. <laughs> Am I allowed to curse on this thing? Yeah, please, to- absolutely, dude. Please curse it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised they didn't. So, yes, I completely agree with you. They're about to get into something really cool with a guy who has this crazy ass claw in his hand is about to fight. And then they stop it. They break it with a tank. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, and and Feltep was saying when he showed the movie that like, why is Why are there all these gunfights? Yes. There's like the movie is filled with guns. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, lots totally. of lots of gunfights, man. Okay, so I, there is something off the bat though that I do want to compliment the movie on, and that I appreciate that they tried to get in as many recognizable characters from the games as they could. Like at least I yeah. like that because oh, cool, I get to see a real life version of the characters that I liked in the video game, whether or not yeah. they're stupid or whatever. You know, at least they tried to get some of them in. But did you have like yeah. when you would play the game? Did you have a character that you liked playing with? You know, funny enough, um, Guile was my character. I was. Isle or Bison, those were my, my two uh, my two characters I was good with, and I knew the moves. Um, and then when it came to Street Fighter 4, I got pretty good with Akuma, who oh. obviously isn't in this movie. No, no. That was another character I liked. But yeah, those were my two. Obviously, it was kind of tough for me also to to get over the way that kind of technology looks in, in the movie. Um, I got to yeah. tell you, I, I basically loved every scene with Raul Julia in it. I thought he was so awesome. But there, yeah. there are some things that I just don't quite understand about it. Like, why is he flying around in this little in this th- the thing that hovers around the, the his base, like his little platform thingy? I couldn't figure out what how that related to everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and the fact that the controls for that are fucking like arcade game <laughs> handles and buttons. <laughs> I actually thought that was kind of funny, but it does look pretty stupid. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 rough, man. I don't know. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I wonder how they decide, you know, like who's a bad guy and who's a good guy too. Like I, I had no idea. I, I'm trying to remember. I don't. Somebody maybe in the chat can tell me. Did Blanca like have a backstory in the game? Because I'm kind of with uh, Rudy on this one. That the the Blanca part might be the. Maybe the worst part of the movie. <laughs> it's tough to say. Yeah, it's it's bad. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think his he's just like a feral animal like character that lives on like an island or something. I don't. I don't remember there being a, a story of him being like human. And what's funny is because I think or uh, being I don't know whatever. But they like combine two characters there, right? Because with Guile. You know, he's the Air Force guy or whatever. And then isn't there another guy named, like, Charlie? I think that's one of the characters. Charlie's the guy who becomes Blanca in this in this. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in this movie. So they combine. Well, and it's funny because it's Carlos Blanca, but they call him Charlie <laughs> because you have to whitewash it, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm pretty – I swore Charlie was, like, a whole separate character um, in the games, and then Blanca was another one. So it looks like they just – combine the two of them i guess okay so feltemp and gino are telling me in the games blanca was a kid who got lost in a plane crash and lived in the jungle of brazil okay oh there it is yeah 
Charlie is Nash in this in the Street Fighter Alpha series. Oh my gosh! So there is some, there is some stuff that goes along with uh, with all of this. But wow. Okay. <laughs> I I'm curious. Okay, so they actually according to Wikipedia, and obviously you got I don't know if how accurate, but they they had a budget of 35 million, eight million of which apparently went to Van Damme's salary. <laughs> but but I mean that's yeah. for the time period. That's actually having some money to spend on this thing. And there's I mean there's not a ton of special effects. So I'm wondering why they couldn't have spent a little bit more, or at least perhaps designed a better looking Blanca. You know, I, I brought it up earlier, yeah. but it's tough to ignore what the turtles look like because turtles are, is five <laughs> years earlier, and and it, the turtles we were talking about how Splinter and the turtles and Shredder look pretty cool for the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, the Blanca thing just looks so bad, and it's like muscle mass increased by seventy five percent, and it looks like this. It basically looks like the same dude that went in there, and they just put green makeup on. Like they should have. They could have done a way better job with that. They could have hired someone. Something. So dumb. And the thing with like halfway through his programming, now he's looking at like Martin Luther King's speeches and wedding videos. He's watching fucking wedding <laughs> videos. <dude. laughs> and then he doesn't do anything. He throws one guy and then he's just like, um, and Dalsim. Oh my goodness. Dalsim. Like, they took that character and just made him the scientist. And then for some reason at the end of the movie, his shirt is off when it was like, oh, geez. That was one of the more bi- bigger disappointments to me, too, because Dollism was one of the characters I really like playing in Street Fighter because he's so yeah. weird. Like, he's got these really unique movements and stuff. And none of that yeah. exists in this movie at all. Dude, yeah, he's, he's <laughs> no one. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Good. Good. No, no, that's yeah, that's it. Feltup was just saying that Blanca looks terrible on the on the uh, standard definition laser disc as well. In case we were wondering, <laughs> <laughs> he probably looks better in standard def because he is clearly. Right. I'd rather see it in, in standard def. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Oh man, uh, yeah, it, I'm curious. I mean, it's it's cool that they they try to once again they try to get these characters in, but you know you missed an opportunity. Like Dollism does some cool shit, like like with the arms and legs. Like how would you, why would yeah. you want to take advantage of that? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, I, 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 it seems in a weird way, it seems like they try to keep it somewhat grounded, I guess. That's why they didn't have all that stuff. But it's like, if you're going to make it cheesy, you might as well go all the way. Like, um, and I, I did notice this time that they do try to get some of those moves in there. Like when Ryu's fighting Vega in the locker rooms or whatever, hell yeah. that, <laughs> he like pushes him and it's like his hands are in the Hadouken, like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then Ken does a very weak, like, shorty, you can, like, <laughs> uppercut to Sagat, but it just looks so weak. Um, which I do have to praise that actor, though, Damien Chapa, because in 93, he was one of my, he's in uh, Blood and Blood Out, which is one of my, probably my number one all time favorite movie, directed by Taylor Hackford. Anyone who hasn't seen it, highly recommend. Um, he was in that and then somehow went from doing this great, epic, perfect film to uh, Street Fighter and then <laughs> hasn't really been in much since. So it's quite a shame. D- does he does he do is he does he have a martial arts background or anything or did was he did he just do that? For I don't the movie? I don't think he does, okay. man. I'm pretty sure he does. No, I think it's just this movie. Um I- yeah. I, rec- I recognized him from actually he was in Under Siege, which is a Steven Seagal flick, which is a movie. Oh, that's right. If you watch any Seagal flicks, do yourself a favor, watch Under Siege or or one of the movies that, that Robert Rodriguez made, because it, 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 it's a, Under Siege is actually pretty fun and pretty good. And his character, mm. he just plays a side character, but he he was shooting guns and stuff. So I was curious if he had any background. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I really only know him from Blood In, Blood Out. I don't I don't I doubt he has martial arts experience. <laughs> West Studi. Like Wes Studi, I'm always happy to see that guy. But man, is he too good for this movie? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, like Sagat, like I, I don't know what his background is, but he's supposed to be like a Muay Thai fighter, from what I remember in the games. And yeah, I don't know. There's some odd casting here. And now E Honda, who Japanese in the game, is like from Hawaii or some shit. Yeah, and something is like played by a Samoan guy, maybe. <laughs> I, I know it's like. That, that's always been fun. Even when I was a kid, like that, all the weird casting stood out to me even back then. So I know it's not a matter of just like the current, how we think. It's just always been hilarious to me. Uh, Did you also know that Balrog was Agent Little Johnson from Die Hard? I've read that on IMDb yesterday. Agent Little, who the hell is Agent Little Johnson? So, 
you, little Johnson, you remember in Die Hard when the two FBI guys come and it's like, I'm Johnson. Oh, this, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, that's right. Johnson, Holy yeah, crap. That's, that dude is Balrog. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a good question. So I ask, why would you use a gun if you could just shoot fireballs with your hands? That's a really good question. <laughs> but uh, once I again, guess. there would never were fireballs. The only person who shoots yeah, does yeah. anything magical. It's not even magical, but Bison shoots the electricity from, you know, event. Yeah, okay, once yeah. he gets uh, his his heart shocked later on in the movie. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like the only kind of power you get to see, I guess. And then Guile does do like the flash kick. To him, where he does like the backflip right. to at the end. But. One thing I didn't remember as a kid, but you pointed it out. Uh, uh, Ken at one point does his, I guess it's Hadouken or whatever, where he does the full, you know, the twisting uppercut. It is uh, so cheap and so lame. It's, uh, I, yeah. I don't even know. I mean, I feel like they couldn't have put him on wires or something. He literally just did like a skip, it looked like. Yeah. He, he just, <laughs> he looks so disengaged and uninterested in what. <laughs> I'm pretty sure when he finishes the Shoryuken too, he like smiles at Sagat. <laughs> it's like, yeah, look at me. I just did a good thing. Oh my goodness. They're apparently planning on fireballs and stuff, but there were production problems, if you recall correctly. Uh, Feltemp is saying that. That You know what, Feltemp? That would not surprise me, uh, especially when it sounds like how much Capcom had to say uh, about this movie. And I'm sure, you know, if they would have had... Technology too. We were only so far in technology wise. Like, I, I do point out that Jurassic Park came out the year before this, but there wasn't. You know, computers were not widely used yet in, in production. So, and, yeah. but still, I mean, they could, we could have gotten a little bit more than what we saw. And then the the the, the effects they did use were pretty bad in this movie. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you have like a thirty five million dollar budget and Jean-Paul Van Damme is like ten million that, <laughs> or eight, whatever it was, like. It's already mostly, and I, I'm sure uh, Raul Julia was probably, um, he probably had a pretty hefty rate for it too. After, in which, sorry, go ahead. No, go, no, you go, you go. Uh, in which, as over the top as he is, I appreciate it because he's just fucking going for it, man, and selling it and having at it. So I, I understand and appreciate why his performance is the one thing that people seem to praise about this movie. Yeah, it's it's almost well, man. it almost sticks yeah. out how how interesting and how good it is because it has no place in a movie like this, <laughs> but it yeah. works so well. Like it, he's the only one who says more than like two lines ever at once, uh, and yeah. so he actually has some some decent stuff written for him. Obviously, the meme that everyone knows about Chun Li's village getting you know destroyed. It was this uh, big yeah. moment in her life. Yeah. <laughs> And that was for me. It was Tuesday. It's so good. I like. I, I he does it so well. It's a great delivery. And I, yeah. I, you know, I I agree with you that his performance. You're right. He must have been paid a few bucks for this because uh, Adam's family at this point is a hit. So he he has yeah. got some cred and stuff like that. Yeah, and I I got to be honest. Like I'm not really familiar with his um films before Adam's family, but Same I know. He's like a hot shot because everybody just hyped the hell out of him all the time. Um, man, crazy too that he was terminally ill like when while they were shooting this movie. The, uh, the the chat is talking about that right now, and that's kind of crazy that he was able to give such a good performance. And for those of you, most people probably know this, but shooting days on on, on a on a set of with any type of this kind of money, they are long days. They are 12, 16, sometimes longer than that hours. You know, I mean, Rudy, you could attest to some of these long days. That's crazy that he was able to yeah. do that with the cancer. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I, good. When I was watching this, it did make me think like I, I need to go and explore uh, his filmography for sure and kind of see I, I want to see the true talent that was there, you know, there's even based on this movie. It's like, man, I would have he's someone you'd love to see be like a Bond villain or yeah. if there was like, a, like if he was a diehard villain or something like that, right. you know what I mean? Or you give him a really good writer and a really good. Uh, other group of actors to play off and like some serious you know substance man would have been great the chat is showing its love for Raul Julia. Raul Julia was a genius. And one of the things that, I, like yourself, I was familiar with the Adams Family because it hit me right as a kid, right at the perfect timing. He is so freaking charming in those movies. And I, I don't, I think it's, I'm not an actor. I don't, I, you know, I know some actors, but it's like, it's, it's so, 
it's got to be challenging to be so likable on film. I think that's one of the things that this character that he does with the bison thing is like you, you're, you're really, it's, it's his, his performance is watchable. It's like, it's really engaging and stuff like that. And yeah. especially when you see how cardboard kind of everyone else is, uh, it's a testament yeah. to the kind of performance he does. Yeah, Definitely. On the flip side of that, I don't think the other characters in the film were given anything to really work with as well. Like from a script standpoint, they don't really have, there's not a big arc for any of the characters in this film at all. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> true. It's like they, they try to make you think there is, I guess, like Ken and at the end when he beats the guy and he's like, I want to thank you because I almost became you or some shit like yeah. that. <laughs> and it, it, it feels very Han Solo-ish. Right. When him and Ken or him and Ryu are like trying to get out, and then Ryu's like, Oh, we got to go up here and help him. And he's like, Nah, like, let the soldiers take care of it. We did our part. Let's go. And they have their little argument and go their separate ways. And right. It, it reminds me of that. Like, they're trying to do that same kind of arc. And then, yeah, what? Sagat has no arc. Vega, I don't think, ever speaks. Uh, yeah. Wait. Now, Chun, Chun Li is there for revenge, but she doesn't do like anything. Yeah. <laughs> on drinks in a movie, we talk quite often about story structure and the scripts and how well, how important that foundation is to making a movie work or not. And because this movie hasn't done any of that work, which I get it. I know what, how much can you ask for on a video game movie? I totally get it, but you can do things that actually, you know, make you care about the characters. Once again, I bring up the turtles movie. They actually do a really good job of telling a backstory and setting things up. So you actually care when splinter returns, when splinter gets taken, you know, when all these things happen in the film that this movie just does not even, doesn't even bother with. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the other thing with that, too, is it's like, you know, you have the, the Turtle brothers together, and, like, when they get defeated and they kind of fall apart, they have to come back together again. And, or, and that, you, you know, they're, they're showing you all that, and it's important. Like, And here, I mean, yeah, it's like Guile's thing is he just wants to beat Bison. They, he has it out for him. Bison is trying to make a fucking... Like a metropolis, Bisonopolis. <laughs> like that's what they're fighting, and, and, and he own like currency that he's like trying to pay these guys in. Like I do like that, and when they like DJ and Sagat make it out the case of money, and it's like all the bison. It reminds me of Shroot Bucks from The Office. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I kept. Thinking. It's like they have all the Shroot Bucks, and they're just like, God damn it, you know, dude. <laughs> I don't know how nobody has made a game called Bisonopolis yet because as soon as I heard him say that, I literally lost it in the movie. I just stopped the movie. I was laughing so hard. It was so ridiculous. How I mean, how is that not a thing? But how does that fit anywhere into this flick, first of all? Secondly, when does Bisonopolis ever existed in any game or anything like that? Anybody in the chat, if you can tell me where Bisonopolis has ever existed, I would love to hear it because it sounds awful. And it's like, you know, they try to make you feel for Chun-Li, I guess, because she's there on like a personal, a very personal vendetta. Mm -hmm. And it just, it, it, it doesn't quite land though. Like, I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more interested in hearing Bison say that was just Tuesday for me than I am about her sob story. Like, and then again, she doesn't even get to do anything. She fights him for like 30 seconds. Almost like beats them, I guess, catches them by surprise, and then her own friends fuck it up. <laughs> right. And this goes back to something you said earlier, but I think this is what Mortal Kombat, the movie, does so much better than this flick, among other things, is there's actually fighting. There's like cool fight scenes in Mortal Kombat where, you know, you've got uh, Raiden, not Raiden, uh, who's uh, Sub Zero, who's the other one with the guy with uh, uh, Scorpion. Scorpion. Scorpion, you know, things come out of his hands. There's like crazy fight scenes in Mortal Kombat, and this yeah. movie does not have any sort of. It would have been great to see Chun Li kick the crap out of Bison, but we don't get that, you know? Yeah, like, she, I mean, she kind of does. Like, she definitely had the upper hand. I feel like she could have defeated him had her friends not screwed it up. <laughs> but that's right. I forget that in Mortal Kombat, like, you do see them use some of their powers that come from the game. The, I forgot about that. Yeah, this, the whole set. And yeah. we'll get into this when we go into Mortal Kombat. Maybe we'll just do, like, a comparison once we watch them. Because, like, the whole setup for Mortal Kombat is it's a tournament, just like the game. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> So like they they at least tried to follow some kind of story for that movie. 
<laughs> movie bison isn't like a uh, game bison at all Juno says in the games bison is the leader of uh, Sha- I can't even say it Shadaloo and, do dr- and he does drug trafficking and bioweapons I got you which they kind of get into a little bit in the movie okay so I can kind of see they, 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 they take uh, you know one tidbit or one detail and try to make a whole backstory around it see and that already sounds way more interesting like a bad guy that's a drug trafficker <laughs> you know what I mean and then instead we get him he's trying to like build a country or something <laughs> Yeah, and and you and I guess they show like the weapon, um, the weapons trafficking, if you call it that, or the selling weapons on the black market, and like Sagat or like Ken and Ryu are like hustlers in this movie. They sell Sagat the guns that shoot Nerf balls. Right. I don't even remember that scene when I was a kid. I guess somehow I always missed it because that was brand new to me. When they have the guns and they're shooting fucking Nerf balls and making ridiculous noises, I was like. That, that's God, that's man. prime product placement, man. What are you talking about? That's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> jeez. Uh, uh, could, uh, yeah, uh, one of my favorite uh, weapon parts of the movie is when uh, Guile gets into his like boat or his ship, and it, it has his freaking name written on the stupid boat. And yeah, you know, there's this boat is supposed to be like stealth, and you know, nobody's supposed to hear you coming into Bison's lair and stuff. First of all, it looks like it's on the smallest river known to man. So any idiot who was just standing on the river <laughs> could see it go by. Yeah. <laughs> but then to have his damn name on it, how is that hiding from anybody? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And they go into like mode and it turns invisible or some shit. Like, get out of here. Um, which that just reminds me. So Ky- Kylie Minogue is Cammy, huh? Kylie Minogue is in this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. If we trust the rumors uh, and Wikipedia and some other places, apparently she ended up in the movie because the Australian Film Authority wanted to see an Australian cast somewhere in the film. <laughs> I, bl- I believe that. I, I completely believe that. And apparently, um, uh, I was about to say Seagull Van Damme, I guess, had an affair with her while they were shooting. I believe that makes <laughs> sense. I can see that. Probably not um, too surprising, but yeah. her, her character is somewhat pointless in the film, though. Like, I mean, anybody yeah. could, it could have been anybody. There's no arc with her or anything like that. So yeah, yeah, she's not pivotal to the plot or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool that you know a pop star is in the movie. <laughs> Why not at yeah. this point? <laughs> yeah, For real. Jeez. Uh, Dog v- brings up. So okay, so let's go down this rabbit hole just a bit, uh, and we'll dive. We'll diverge for just a moment. There is a game called Street Fighter: The Movie, The Game. And it looks kind of, it's funny enough, it actually kind of looks like uh, Mortal Kombat, where they took the actors and actually put them into the game. But uh, maybe the chat can help me. Is it the same actors or is it different actors? I don't know a whole lot about the game. Did you ever play Street Fighter in the arcade, Rudy? Um, No, actually. I've I've only played it on Super Nintendo. There's a bar in the Arts District Los Angeles called Bar 82, which is a bar arcade. Oh, so it's, it's a arcade, a, cool. But it's also an arcade with games from like the uh, old arcade games. And the most popular one there is Street Fighter 2, and they even have a projector of it. So when you like order your drink at the bar, you can see a projection of whoever's playing. Dude, I tried playing that like two years ago and got murdered in second. <laughs> I didn't land a punch on Because the people that are really into Street Fighter are really into oh, that. Oh, dude. Game, dude, like yeah. people are into it. I, I never... I never got that good. I never played it that much. Oh, Rudy, people play professionally. Like you can literally go on Twitch Dude, right yeah. now and you can go see people who are like just destroy at this game. They are right. Yeah, you know, I I, rem- I remember when I was in high school, there was some video where this dude beat some. I don't know if he beat a record or what he did. Beat the game without getting touched or something uh, of Street Fighter, and it was like a popular video on YouTube. Maybe someone can like. Oh, maybe I'll just have to find that. Right. But. I remember that being really interesting. Feltemp says that yes, the uh, the the game does have the actors from the movie. They probably just took the footage from the game. They probably shot maybe some of the footage during the actual filming of the movie, which would make sense. Probably cut down on costs and stuff. And the oh, the game was made alongside the movie. When some of the actors weren't shooting their scenes, they were being digitized for the game. There's a whole video about it. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking at some gameplay footage of it right now. Wow. Well, and you know what's funny is I think um, Jean-Claude Van Damme was originally the actor they had for uh, Johnny Cage. Or Johnny Cage was at least supposed to be based off of him. Oh, got it. That would, um, that's not surprising at all. Yeah, and I think that it was originally supposed to be like a Jean-Claude Van Damme, fran- uh, 
Jean-Claude Van Damme franchise of games, but for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So they just made Mortal Kombat and uh, yeah, Johnny Cage. You know, one of the things about the film that bringing up Van Damme kind of reminds me of is like that uh, Van Damme actually has pretty impressive like martial arts skills from, from seeing him blood yeah. sport and all the other action movies he did of this time period and time frame. They don't really showcase them that much in this movie as well. And I understand they were trying to use the guile moves from the video game. And I did appreciate when I actually saw the guile moves in the game. I thought that are in the movie, I thought that part was cool. But once again, it doesn't feel like they really took advantage of any sort of martial arts at all in this, in this movie. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I, and I think that just because, Again, it seems like most of them probably weren't actual martial artists with the exception of right. and damn. So it's like even if he's doing something cool, you've got to cut between him and like another stunt person because we know damn well Raul Julia isn't like a taekwondo black <laughs> and damn, you know. Yeah. Um if yeah, we, if know. we believe some of these rumors here on Wikipedia and others, it sounds like that some of the that there wasn't a lot of training that went on for the actors, and there's even claims here that some of the training happened basically just before they would shoot a scene or whatever, which sounds terrifying. Yeah, dude, I was reading that actually right before we started recording. That's um, yeah, that is pretty um, negligent. <laughs> I mean, Rudy, yeah. you probably have, I mean, you'd know a little bit more better than, than I would. I mean, like, like a lot of times martial arts and those kind of things for movies are, are, are trained for a long time, right? Yeah. Like months, man. Months and that shit, weeks, whatever. Yeah. And you know, safety is always a very big concern. Like if you've ever been on a set where there's like stunts, even something as simple as like, there's a gun on set, but no one ever even fires it. Like it's a big fucking deal. <laughs> Like you have a full safety meeting, man. Like they show it to you. They're like, all right, gun on set. Here's the chamber. It's not loaded. Here's the magazine. Everybody can see it's all good. This will be in this person's hands. Like it, it's an ordeal for sure. Jeez. Um, I've been on a couple projects with like short fight scenes, not even fight scenes, but like a scene where somebody's like getting beat up by some thugs. And it's like the, the safety aspect of it and, being careful and all sometimes altering how you shoot to work around what the actors can do is very, very uh, important. It's not taken lightly. That's for sure. No, totally. And this movie was made outside of, uh, you know, uh, the, the North American, you know, typical uh, structure as Capcom, like I said, funded the whole thing. So it wouldn't be surprised me if they didn't have to follow some of the same standards or whatever, but still that sounds real risky to trade for a fight scene right before you shoot it. Yeah. Yeah, Man. crazy. Um, <laughs> any whether okay. We we we've kind of uh, definitely pointed out some of the flaws with the film. <laughs> Are there any things that you enjoyed while like? Did you find any any of the chuckles or any a part that that kept you engaged at all while you're watching this movie? No, uh, to be honest, man, not really. Like I, I was trying to to you know take it for what it is and just watch the movie. But I honestly found myself kind of checking out it at, at times where it's just like, man, I don't care what you guys are talking about. There's just some weird scenes going on. And um, again, realizing that there's not a whole lot of fighting. Right. <laughs> like, um, I, I laughed at some stuff. I'm not sure if they were meant to be funny. I assume they were. But I did. Like I mentioned, I Bisonopolis, Bisonopolis just like I literally yeah. could not stop laughing. But for the most part, I kind of agree with you. It's there's there doesn't seem to be any sort of like like I don't I don't want to say enjoyment, but okay, I, I bring it back to the Turtles movie again. Like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, there seems to be a joy in what's being presented to us. Like the turtles look like they're having a good time. Uh, yeah, the April O'Neil character and the Casey Jones character almost seem like they're making fun of themselves in the movie, which is yeah. you know a really smart choice to make. And this movie doesn't really have like I doesn't mean like it doesn't seem like they're trying to be serious. It just seems like it's really bland, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't work for me either way. Right. Like it being serious or too jokey. Um, and I know I'm trying not to talk too much about this, but that's where if I think about this compared to Mortal Kombat, sure, it's like they took it. They had its jokes and everything, but they took it more seriously. And it still has cheesy moments because it's like, well, it's a Mortal Kombat game, like right? Movie, um, 
but I feel like they they lean more towards the serious angle, so it worked a little bit better, you know. Yeah, um, I was just looking up what year Mortal Kombat was, and Mortal Kombat was ninety five. So, I, I I guess perhaps they could have learned some lessons from this film. Although the movie made money, so I don't know if they'd even consider it at the time. Like it was a bad movie, or or, or it wasn't if they would choose to do something else. But uh, I, I think we'll get more into it when we we dive into Mortal Kombat because this is like I it just I, I agree with you. It's 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 unfortunate this is the flick we got. But on the flip side of it, it is kind of fun to just look back at this and kind of point fun at it because there is yeah. a lot of not good in this movie. Yeah, it, it's just it's very flat. Right. It's very flat. That's the best way I could put it. Um, and even with the characters, like I, the only one I really like is Bison, and it's right. like. Vega could have been cool, but he does pretty much nothing. <laughs> I guess. West Studi is cool just because it's West Studi and like I'll watch him in anything. And yeah, it's like I just don't really care about any of the any of the characters. Um I, one thing I want to bring up that this is kind of random, but going yeah. to the beginning of the movie where I do like how the movie just kind of starts. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle. Footage and yeah. he's locking up hostages. It's like it throws you right in there. I can appreciate that. And when Bison has those three soldiers and he's like, all right, you guys came to fight me. Here we go. And like the dude throws a punch and Bison just like snaps his neck. And then he grabs the other guy and just snaps his neck. <laughs> that part made me laugh. I'm like, come on. Oh, totally. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no well, kidding. I agree with you. I actually do like. The, it seemed like it actually started off with a little bit of, of so, some energy and, and fizzles yeah. out pretty quick. Basically, in my opinion, as soon as uh, uh, Guile destroys the the whatever fight they're having there in the cage with the tank, it kind of yeah. it just it, it falls pretty flat from then on, and pretty you know it's everything's a cliche at that point. Yeah, yeah, and it's like uh, is espionage the right word right. where. You know, now it's like Ken and Ryu are secret agents and Guile faked his fucking death. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Guile faked his death. <laughs> which is another part ever. that I, yeah, which is another part I completely forgot. Like, I felt like I was watching that for the first time. I was like, I do not remember this happening. I, the, the things that I don't quite remember is I don't I don't remember ever thinking how uh, the technology looked so lame in the movie. But, I, you know, of course, I was 12 when I first I probably haven't watched it since I've been 12 years old either. So, yeah, it probably doesn't help. But there is just a, this, you know, the silliness of the whole thing. I, I don't know. There's I. The, the, I'm thinking back like the, the news crew that is made up of uh, of. Uh, oh, God. Uh, Bice, uh, Balrog, Balrog, Honda and. Chun-Li. Like that whole part is, is I, I didn't, I don't remember thinking how lame that's like, why does he put on boxing gloves? I, th- th- I know the character yeah. wears boxing gloves, <laughs> but why does he have to wear yeah. them in the movie? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like all the, yeah, all of a sudden. And then even uh, Sagat, like his hands are like wrapped up now. It's like, <laughs> like at least with Ken and Ryu, it like made sense when they, all right, you're one of our soldiers now. Here's the uniforms and the other people are wearing that shit. And then, yeah, at the end, it just felt like they suddenly tried to fit everyone into the right costumes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't quite it understand. <laughs> uh, I I was trying to think about, like, okay, um, you know, if I were to, if this, okay, here's the thing. I don't know how many video game movies you have seen, Rudy, and that's, you know, movies that are based off a of video game. But they're really, and to my knowledge, I, Mortal Kombat seems to be the one that everyone talks about as being the decent one, and everything else has kind of sucked. And I'm trying to think, first of all, maybe video games don't make good movies. But secondly, how could you have made this movie be be uh, more in, enjoyable or entertaining? And I think of the things that we learned from Ninja Turtles, and that, you know, if, 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 the storyline doesn't have to make too much sense if we care about, if, if the characters are interestingly developed. If you give the characters, you know, these interesting arcs to take, you know, where they go on some sort of journey, the movie is much much more interesting and and fun to watch. And they just didn't they just didn't bother with any of that in this flick. Yeah. So and you know, I'm gonna say it's like the other thing is there's got to be stakes, right? right? But and I feel like they they did create stakes in this movie, but. I, I don't, I just, none of it lands and I can't even articulate or get down to the bottom why. Like, well, here, I, I guess just the whole tone of it is just not good. <laughs> Here's one for you. As we're getting towards the end of the movie, um, the hostages, which, you know, the bison charges the world 20 billion for, uh, he shows them and then he's about to unleash, you know, what he thinks is going to be a Blanca to, to, to destroy them. And then he closes the hatchback up and then Guile sends, 
uh, uh, Chun-Li and some others to go find the hostages. But we've already seen where they are. They're right there in the center of the goddamn floor. And I don't yeah. understand why they spend 15 freaking minutes in this movie looking for where the hell the hostages are. We know where they are. Yeah. I don't get it. What the F, man? <sighs> Dude, yeah. <laughs> That's where I, I honestly, I started to lose my patience at that time. I'm just like, like <laughs> I can see you've showed me where they are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just all the pointless running around. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too. And, and I, I guess there isn't really stakes when I think about it, too, right? Because you have Guile finally going toe to toe with Bison and just beating the shit out of him. Yeah. Doing it like, like they might, they made Bison out to be this badass. He's like breaking guys' necks. They can't land a punch on him. <laughs> but Guile was like beating him and pretty much beats him to death, yeah, right? He death, throws yeah. him into that machine. And then once his chest, his clothes bring him back to life, I guess, I guess he had life support in his jacket. I don't know. <laughs> and now he's like, electromagnetism, it can levitate me. And he's like flying around. And he does the same flying move back and forth to Guile. It's just like, all right, come on. And Guile keeps not jumping out of the way, but just letting himself get. Oh, that like that shit annoys me, man. Yeah, as if all of a sudden they were in a two-dimensional game <laughs> where all the there was yeah. no he couldn't move left or right. He only had to stay right in his exact position to get hit by uh, Bison. <laughs> yeah. Bison. Plus, Bison shooting like electricity out of his gloves. How does Guile like? Oh my! You know how, how does he even buy? How can he defend that at that point? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay, it's it's, it's yeah, exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting to have to <laughs> think about. <laughs> The, the actual logic that is involved in this movie. Ugh. This is one of those movies I wish I could have been on set for just to see. What was really, and, and I'm sure a lot of them thought they were doing something great too, which is a bummer. Um, and again, it's funny because you have someone that clearly has writing chops. I mean, whether or not they also have directing chops is another thing. I was totally, looking and totally. I don't think that dude has any only has like a few more credits besides this one. And I don't think it's anything I've seen, but you would think with that. And then also, you know, with the cinematographer that, and I know I'm leaning towards that. Cause like I look for that thing, but who's done like some iconic movies and Capcom even bankrolling this and like right. being behind it. I would think that they would want the best possible product, you know? And I wonder if they're to blame for the cheesiness and the goofiness of it all um, because they, just had people thinking in that video game mindset, you know, whereas Mortal Kombat again, at least seemed like it took a darker approach. Like there was some violence in there. Mm -hmm. Like it's not as as it should have been because the whole point of the game is these crazy amounts of blood and violence and fatalities. Right. So you don't, but you still get like a dude gets frozen and shattered to pieces. You get fucked. Scorpion turning into like a burning skeleton and like melting. Yes, <laughs> like there's some, some cool crazy stuff. shit yeah. that. Yeah, um, I, I would also know. add on to that that there were some really capable actors in Street Fighter. Surprisingly, like Ming Na Wen ended up yeah. having a career. She was just in the most recent Mandalorian uh, se- uh, season. Uh, uh, That's who she is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Wes Duty, to your point, I mean, uh, he. What is? I can't even remember some of his. Uh, but he's he goes on. Let's see. Uh, oh, a million ways to die in the West. Yeah, which is a movie I like a bit. Oh, yeah. If you ever saw, <laughs> it's. I know yeah, the movie yeah. isn't very good, but he's good in it. And Last of Mohicans dances with Wolves. Oh, yeah, tons of movies he's been in. Holy cow. Yeah. Geronimo. Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, these are, these are actors who are capable of doing things that, uh, you know, they just they didn't take it. Oh, yeah, Mulan. Uh, totally agree with you on that. Murdoch points out Mulan. She's the voice of Mulan, and she's great in it. Oh, I didn't even know that. The yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. All right. Yeah. All right. But I'm just saying, you know, that, that to your point, that there are perfectly capable people in this flick, and this is what we got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... I. I I just can't help but wonder sometimes how they, uh, how the powers that be can let certain things slide, you know? And I guess that's the stuff you just don't know till you're there or till you're in the room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there could be some old guy executive that just is so detached from anything, you know what I mean? Um, okay, so, so I, guess I can understand from that front. But. No, totally. And Feltemp, uh, okay, so I'll bring up this point uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this for just a sec here. Feltemp says that uh, Zang, the Zangief guy was actually good at the goofy comic relief role they gave him. Um, yeah. 
I, I actually agree with you. I thought his performance was, I, I did chuckle a little bit, but I thought the writing was so terrible that like it didn't give him the opportunity to be have a little bit better moment than he did in the movie. And that, that'd be my argument, but I do agree yeah. with you. I did laugh at him at times. Yeah. Like it, if there was a movie that was a straight up, like this is a comedy movie, this is what we're pushing to you, then yeah, for sure. But again, and I guess that's where just the tone of it is... I feel like it never quite finds its footing. Right. In the beginning, it's news reports and fires and hostage <laughs> breaking people's necks and taking your friend uh, hostage and all that shit. And then it just kind of goes all over the place. Cause then Guile comes in, like, I'm going to kick your ass and like <laughs> just being all lame with these stupid jokes and like flexing for the camera. I don't know. For at least Mortal Kombat's consistent. It yeah. just needs to same thing with the turtles. The turtles right. was consistent. Consistent. When they decided, like, all right, we got to tone it down and make it more kid friendly. You're not allowed to use your weapons anymore. Like they second movie, all right, it's consistent again. I don't agree with it, but it has a consistent tone for every individual movie. You know. So in the show notes, I'm going to link to Rudy's podcast, but I'm also going to link to the turtles episode because we get into a. There's an interesting thing that we talked about as well is that. Almost everything in the script is there for a reason. At some point during Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, everything that's kind of like introduced actually pays off at some point in the film. It's there for a, a reason. And this movie, this is the a really good example of nothing really matters about anything. And that's part of the bland and the lameness of this film. They they, they do give you some bullet points and things like that, but they don't necessarily pay off. Uh, you know, there's this interesting, uh, what's the guy's name with the claws again? Uh, Vega. Vega Vega has some really interesting character points to him, but none of it even matters. He ends up getting like knocked out when by Ken or was it Ryu? Was it Ken or Ryu who fought? Him? It was Ryu. Ryu, yeah. Ryu, and that was it. That was all we got out of a very interesting character, or could have been an interesting. I would say a very. It could have been an interesting character, and that's what we got. You know? Yeah. Oh man, sorry. I'm gonna have to throw this in real quick because I completely forgot to mention this in the Turtles episode, and it's bothered me ever since. Do it. Is um watching that movie, you know, and now because I'm more familiar with the industry, I like, I pay attention to credits, mm-hmm. <laughs> like opening credits. And yeah. And so Sally Menke was one of the editors on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That was one of her first movies. Oh, wow. For those of you who don't know who that is, she was Quentin Tarantino's editor from Reservoir Dogs. So the very beginning of his, of his career, all the way up to um, Inglorious Bastards, I think was the last movie because she passed away right before Django Unchained. Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I noticed that in the credits. I was like, wow. Dude, I didn't put that together. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's there, there. I think there was like four editors listed and she's one of them. And I think it was her third or fourth movie that she worked on. And then two years later, Reservoir Dogs. And then from there, obviously all the Tarantino films, you know? So I thought that's pretty cool. I, I always love to see names like that, like recognizing them in older films that you wouldn't, expect, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, to bring it back to this, I won't we, we won't poop on Stroop Fighter 2 for much more longer. But one thing you brought up, which I think is interesting, is like what would it have been like to be in the room where Capcom is making these decisions for this and for that and blah, blah, blah and that. And, I, you know, one thing I can say is I... I have been a part of making films and things like that. And you have too, Rudy. And it's some, you know, when, when you you try to, as part, as technicians, as part of these processes, we try to make the best decision, but a lot of sometimes, especially when Capcom is a business and a company, they're making decisions based on what's going to sell the next game or sell the next toy, yeah. or, you know? And, and yeah, so at yeah. very least I can kind of understand that, but still, you know, if, if there's one thing that we've shown is like Disney has a really good, uh, comprehension of this that if you make a good film people will want to buy the other stuff associated with this like we've gotten so many wonderful Disney right, films right. based on that that notion and I, I still I'm with you I don't understand why companies continue to make we still to this day see pieces of shit just like this based on these like decisions <laughs> you know like and I it just still blows my mind that we haven't figured this game out we have examples of how this works really well and we still get crap like this yeah. What's funny, too, is you would think that a, a, a game that's based around fighting should be pretty easy. Like, that shouldn't fail because yeah. there's always been martial arts movies and fighting movies like Mortal Kombat might as well be fucking Bloodsport. Right. Might be the kickboxer. Yeah. Or the, like 
all these people at a tournament. And Mortal Kombat did kind of do that. Like they went to the island, all the people were there for the tournament. Like, so they actually, in my opinion, that's probably I think that's part of what they got right was they just right. stuck to that. Like it's a martial arts movie. Like treat it as such. Like take it somewhat seriously. You know, like I don't know why there's gunfights and shit. <laughs> Here's all the characters. Let's fucking pair them up. You know, none of the characters in the Street Fighter games up to the point that this movie is released ever used a gun of any sort. Yeah. So the fact that they have it in this movie all over them, there's guns everywhere. Guns, guns, guns. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe it's just, uh, I don't know, product of being made, you know, being uh, centered in the States for, you know, they want this for an American audience. And apparently we yeah. love our guns, you know, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, any final thoughts? <laughs> um, I, I should have tried to look this up, even though I doubt it exists. But now I'm kind of curious to go see if I can find any interviews with the director where he talks about this movie. Oh, yeah, we should. We, I didn't even I didn't do that research or, myself. Yeah, I, I just thought about that. Or even recent interviews with Jean-Claude, which I read one, and apparently this was from, like, what, 2009-ish now? He was... They were trying to cast him to be in the Chun-Li movie. <laughs> yes, he turned it down, and it, like, wouldn't have made sense anyway because what? Like, it's a whole new movie, and, like, Van Damme is old now, you know? There's um, a really good Polygon article on this film that has some info right from the director. Okay, Feltemp, I will check that out and probably include it in the show notes because I think that's a, a good thing to go along with it as a companion for this. Because to be honest, I mean, Rudy, I'm not afraid to say it. I, there are some Van Damme films. Like as a in the 90s, I was a teenager. So like there are there some really fun Van Damme movies out there. Face Off and Time Cop and some other flicks. Bloodsport. I mean, Bloodsport's a great, you know, it's another one where it's like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed those films. Yeah, I, I never got too into Van Damme, to be honest. Like, Bloodsport, I liked. I remember seeing The Quest, but I, I forgot about it. I've seen The Kickboxer, and I, th I think that's really hmm. it as far as his movies go for me. I never saw Time Cop. They're, they're really silly, and most of them are dumb, but they're enjoyable. Like, they're entertaining. Like, I wanted to go, okay, Bloodsport, I want to go see people kick the crap out of each other for a movie, right? Like, that's what yeah. you, and it delivers on that premise, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Slow and, motion martial arts. Yeah, it, it's it's got some good moments, man, for sure. Like, Bloodsport is an entertaining movie. I, it's Yeah, totally it's, agree. But yeah, I can get down with that. And then the quest is like, from what I remember, it's pretty much Bloodsport again, right? Isn't it like the same story pretty much i haven't seen it but that's what i that's what i understand yeah. as well <laughs> it's like the same exact movie um yeah man i don't know yeah i i can't wait to dig into mortal Kombat a little bit where we actually have some uh hopefully hopefully some uh compliments for the film yeah so um, yeah and again i i i tried i tried to give this one a fair shot but it just you can't i i can't force myself to <laughs> to pretend to like something or to like something not at all uh and uh, raul julia raul julia uh it definitely uh, is enjoyable in the film but that's not enough to, to obviously save an hour and 40 minute film so yeah yeah an hour 40 minutes man <laughs> yeah they couldn't even go with the 90 minutes i mean come on do you really need 10 yeah. extra minutes of this crap <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real yeah they get that that pose with all the characters at the end or whatever i guess well, uh, thanks so much for, you know, actually sitting through the whole hour and 40 minutes of this film. Uh, <laughs> no, it was it was worth it to do this. I haven't seen it in a long time. It was worth it to do it. So it's all good. Gotta love the 90s. <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, folks, if you're at all interested in um, any uh, talking movies, deep dives into this, and if you're interested at all in adult beverages, um, I can't recommend. And it's not just because I've been on it, but the podcast, I really enjoy listening to it. Uh, um, it's called Drinks and a Movie Podcast. Rudy is the host. Uh, Rudy, where can they find your podcast if people wanted to subscribe to it? Um, it's on pretty much everywhere. Apple, iTunes, Spotify, I think iHeartRadio. Um and some other ones. So you should be able to find it wherever the Instagram is drinks in a movie pod. So that's a good spot to go to find the link in there. I just post, um, just photo like stills from the movies and what we're drinking and, and all that stuff. And the email is drinks in a movie pod at gmail.com. If you want to reach out. Um, so yeah. There, if you don't mind me just talking about it for just another moment, um, there's a couple things I think are really interesting about the podcast as well. Rudy does has had actors on there, uh, directors, producers. Like he's had uh, he. It's not just talking movies. Sometimes there are also uh, you know industry or people who have been in things <laughs> and have done stuff. You know, I think it's a really cool aspect of it. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I, I should have brought that up myself. I don't know why that just slipped my mind. <laughs> but yeah, I've had um, an ASC cinematographer on there, a, a writing professor at USC who was an actress and another actor turned director of television shows. Uh, so yeah, sometimes it's less about the movies and more about talking with uh, industry professionals. I'm really trying to find a, a stunt person that I can talk to. I would love to talk to a, a stunt person because I feel like they are Ooh. the unsung pros of movies and you never really see much interviews or anything with some people or hear what they have to say. So that's kind of what I'm hunting for right now to see if I can get someone who's, who's done that line of work. I think that would be really interesting to talk about. So yeah, hopefully that'll come up at some point. There's a final aspect that I really enjoy of Rudy's uh, podcast, if you're at all interested. And he um, he does uh, some really interesting things highlighting Chicano uh, culture within movies and, and some of the uh, some really movies that I wasn't familiar with that really uh, highlight Chicano uh, lifestyle and culture a lot here in Southern California, obviously, because we grew up here. But I think it's also another interesting aspect of, of the podcast you've done a really good job with. Yeah, thanks, man. There's uh, definitely more to come on that front for sure we've only scratched the, the surface which is cool <laughs> can't wait dude uh murdoch is posting links in the chat for those of you who are watching live so thank you very much for doing that it's uh i can't i can't recommend it enough and you may recognize my voice on a couple of those episodes we did i'm gonna link at the turtles episode because it's a real fun one uh <laughs> rudy i appreciate you taking the time and uh thank you so much for doing this yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe, leave a review. All those things go a long way to helping out the podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'm on Twitter, at LatMackey, or you can also join the LatMackey Discord, where we have a sequence break channel. We talk about guests. We have questions. It's really interactive, really fun. Please feel free to stop on by. Thanks so much. See you in the next one.